You're listening to Holy Family Parish in Hanover, Ontario, Canada. We're so glad you could join us for this presentation. For more podcasts and video, and to learn more about us, visit our website at holyfamily.ca. Oh, sorry. Hello. Was that the Holy Spirit? <laughs> no. You know the girl in the intro yeah, video? Yeah, I, I know, She goes, I thought maybe she's seen the Holy Spirit. That's what I was, that's what I was doing. So, hello. Hello, everyone. Um, nice to see you again. I bet you thought that um, Deacon Charles and I were laying dead in a ditch somewhere, but here we are. We're actually both abducted of us abducted by aliens. Or abducted by aliens. Both of us are alive and well. Um, we just had circumstances in the last two weeks that prevented us from doing the Thursday Night Appetizer. But uh, we're back and ready to rock, Charles. I am really excited every time I get a chance to uh, listen to the God's Word and what the Holy Spirit is saying to us through the Bible this week. Really, I, I always am. This mm-hmm. is about the third time I'll be going through this passage because I love it so much and get different ways, different chances to share it. So. I'm really looking forward to the next few minutes of entering into Mark chapter 12, um, as we're going to do together shortly. Yeah, and I used to have a printout of it, but I don't know where it went. We can share. No, it's okay. All right. Probably around here somewhere. Um, But before we do, I wanted to say uh, that we're doing a theme right now called Prepare the Way, how the kingdom of God looks on earth and how we need to change to live it. And there are Four ways of entering into God's Word and letting it soak into your heart throughout the week. The backgrounder on Tuesday comes out by email. Thursday Night Appetizer, which you're watching right now. Um, The Sunday Homily, but also our Unify service, which is now begun and is running on Fridays at 7 p.m. Don't miss Unify. It is the, the hottest thing around right now at Holy Family. Brand new, just getting started, making lots of mistakes, but it is fun. Wouldn't you say so, Deacon Charles? I've been at the first two, and the first um, I was the speaker, the second one you were, but I was just there receiving and listening and participating and being prayed for and and joining in the the worship. And I was so grateful on a Friday night to come out and just receive refreshment from from God, ultimately from the Holy Spirit coming through all of the different ministries that we're serving on that uh, that night. So please consider coming tomorrow night, Friday at 7 p.m. And if you can't be here, uh, I believe it's uh, available on the live stream. Exactly. Yeah, it is. It is available on our web, on our website, on our YouTube channel. Um, but I just just briefly, I wanted to talk about a little bit just briefly. That, yeah, um, sure. It's so it's worship, it's praise and worship. Um, it's preaching, it's testimony, it's prayers for healing, and I think most of all, it's a community and it's fellowship and uh, getting together with other people. Some are really regular members of our parish. Some are fairly new, but um, just being around other people, meeting them, meeting with them. We have a little cafe that we open at the back. It is just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't, you know, we're not trying to sell you on fun. I, there's a point to it as well, which is to hear the gospel and to hear the the word of God preached. But it is like there's a real like energy, and I I think it, I it means mo- more to me now because of what happened in the last year and a half where we were all separated. Um, it's just, it's really a beautiful um, merging of all those things. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the church says that 
that we should be a living community. That's what God wants. And the only way we live is by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I really feel like I experienced that in a, in a unique way on the Friday night Unify service uh, that we've been sharing the last couple of weeks. Very much like if you were around in the summer, parking lot services that we were having as well. Mm. But we're calling it Unify. And we'd love to see you tomorrow night or any Friday night over the next few weeks. We're going till December 3rd, I think. I'm not December mistaken. 3rd, yeah. last one. And then we'll run some more, we hope, in the new year. Yep. Oh, look, I just finished this in time to show you the logo. That's what oh, the logo looks like. And um, yeah, welcome, praise, preaching, and healing. So I always tell people, you know, you can come for yourself. You can come for someone else. Um, you can come sort of in proxy or like to pray for someone that you know that can't be there. Yeah. Um, you can come for the fun of it or you can come because you need something. And uh, there's, it's just what a community. I, I just, I feel like the community is really the selling point. Just like there's, it's like there's like a family there, and uh, it's really, it was really, really great. We all need that, and and actually, yeah. I know this was already said. In what Sam the music said, was okay too. The music was wonderful. Sam's helping. <laughs> uh, Sam's leading the music. I should say helping. No, we have leading. a great, we have a great team. We have a great yeah. team of welcoming for wel- the welcoming team. Uh, great messaging team that looks after the message and the testimony and getting all the people around for that. Great food, nice hospitality. Yeah. Uh, we even have some games for the kids. Well, uh, parent, if parents want to bring kids, that's fine. Tech team, worship team, it's it's a quite an event. And and bring friends or family who are not regular churchgoers. It's one of the reasons we're doing this is because, of course, the center of our parish life here is the celebration of the mass on on Sunday morning in particular mm-hmm. or Saturday night. But this is this is a link, uh, a way a way in a bridge. If people want to come and connect with God and don't know where to go. They're not churchgoers, may not be sure if they're even believers. Bring them to Unify. We really feel like this is this is a place for them to feel welcome, feel at home. All right. Exactly. Okay, let's get into this uh, reading. Uh, you know, I was saying at the beginning of my talk last on Friday mm-hmm. that one of the things I love about the the, the weekly word cycle is um, that I, I love that you get to like really soak in it for a whole week. And yeah. you get to like read. So I, I'm reading the reading on the, at the backgrounder on Thursday night, which we're doing now. And at Unify, we also are talking about the reading. So I feel like by Sunday, when I when I hear it in the in the homily or in the, like a, a mass, I feel like I've really had time for it to like kind of soak take in. take root. Yeah, soak in. Yeah. Um, however you want to think of that. So anyway, it's just it's cool. It's cool to have a theme, and I like the I like the thought the theme you soak in that for like a whole two months or whatever. But every week you're soaking in the word for a whole week. It's really it's kind of neat. I'm sold on it. It was a good idea. Yeah, let's let's keep encouraging others to soak in God's word, and, and hopefully, you find this meaningful as you're watching. Yeah, and share this video. Help us break single digits. So should we start? <laughs> okay, sounds right. good. Thank you all for listening to that a little bit of an intro and encouragement and invitation. And uh, this Sunday, we're going to be um, Jesus is going to be pointing out two different ways that people give. And I, I was focusing on how Jesus watches the crowd. They're in the temple. People are going up and, and giving donations um, as, as you can do the temple. What does Jesus see when he watches this crowd? To answer this question, we need to remember a couple of things about who Jesus is. So he's watching, but who is he? First, he's the son of God. That's, that's actually so important, right? Because Jesus sees as God sees. God gave his chosen people the command to build the temple in the first place, to offer him worship and sacrifice. That's what God wanted from his people. But God's a creator, so what are they going to offer? He's made everything. He doesn't need anything back from us. But he calls us to worship and sacrifice so we can give back to him what he's given to us. 
And Jesus sees the giving at the temple as returning what God has given. That's really important. Whatever we give, we're giving back. The second thing about Jesus is he is the Messiah. His mission is to bring about the kingdom of God on earth. And our theme is prepare the way, right? How, how is the kingdom on earth? What does it look like? And how do we need to change to enter into it? So in the kingdom, the values of the world are reversed. The rich and powerful lose their status. The poor and lowly are lifted up. And that's in Luke chapter 1. What we, a prayer, we, prayer of Mary, uh, which we sometimes call the Magnificat. The injustice of the world is being opposed by the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. Jesus sees what? He sees many people put in large sums. These people were doing what was expected and giving generously. This act of giving was very public. People placed the money in chests in the temple courtyard for everyone else to see. The rich people who gave a lot would be seen as really generous. And by the standards of the world, they really were generous. Like that's important for anyone who's got a lot of money today and watching or listening. Anyone we know about generosity is expected from those who have means like, like me, for instance. But Jesus also sees a poor widow who comes and puts in only two small copper coins worth a penny. Her offering would be also judged by everyone who saw. It's a public offering. She would be known to be poor by what she put in. Would she have felt ashamed or judged? By the world's standards, she was unable to be generous, unable to give as was expected. Of course, Jesus sees things differently. He can see into our hearts. First Samuel chapter 16 is a great verse. God does not see as we see. God sees what's in the heart. Our generosity of heart is what matters most to Jesus. He sees that giving is easy when we have a lot. It's still great to give, but not really a sacrifice when you have a lot. Maybe, in fact, the rich, some of the rich people at least were, were coming to the temple so that they could impress other people by how much they gave. Now, Jesus sees the true generosity in what that poor woman, she's a widow, what she gives because she gives all she has, all she has for that day at a sacrifice. And we're also invited to give whatever little we have from hearts that are generous and ready for sacrifice. And that's the backgrounder for this week. So Sam, you're going to lead us in prayer? I sure am. Of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God, our Father in heaven, we praise and thank you for this day. We thank you, Lord, for your generosity with us, for giving us everything that we need to live, for giving us so many blessings in our world and in our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you would allow your generosity and your your loving heart to penetrate us and transform us, help us to become like you. We know, Lord, that you didn't give these gifts to us for our own sake, but that we might give them back, that we would be led to a generous heart ourselves to imitate you, to give back to you what you've given to us. And we know that that's that act of love and that act of giving that fulfills us, that gives us life and helps us to share in your life. And we pray, Lord Jesus, that we would especially know the greatest gift, the gift of your son Jesus, the sacrifice, the sacrificial lamb who's died on the cross for us, that we would share him as well, that we'd receive the gift you gave and, and share him with others. Come Holy Spirit and fill us as we pray and as we read the scriptures together. Bless all those who are at home watching or listening and penetrate their hearts as well. Give them all the gifts of the Spirit and let them bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As Jesus taught, he said, Beware of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes and to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces 
and to have the best seats in the synagogues and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses, and for the sake of appearance say long prayers. They will receive the greater condemnation. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Whenever you're ready, Sam. Um, am I correct in assuming that this this story occurred um, immediately after the one last week? I better check, because I don't know for sure. Because a scribe came to Jesus last week. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and you know, repeated the great commandment back to him and was sort of, yeah, Jesus-like, sort of patted him on the back for his response. Mm -hmm. And now this time he's warning people of the scribes who like to walk around in long robes. Right. And greeted with respect. Yep, yep. Basically, who put on a front. So are you focusing on long robes? No. Okay, sorry. No, they're... I don't care about their robes. I do. I, I don't like long robes, but okay. that doesn't bother me. I don't okay. think that's what Jesus is focusing on. Go ahead. I think he's saying that um, for the sake of appearance, they try to appear as yeah righteous people. Sure. Saying long prayers, for instance, which I love. I love yes. that. I've always loved that line in the gospel. Mostly for selfish reasons. I'll explain why. And I, I probably quoted it like so many times, but because I feel like Catholics love long prayers. What's the line that you like, sir? <laughs> um, they devour widows' houses oh. for the sake of appearances. Oh, my say goodness. long prayers. Right. And I, the reason I like it is because Catholics say long prayers. Yeah. And I don't like long prayers. Oh, you don't like long no. prayers? No. Okay. No, I don't like that about being Catholic. Right. I don't like the long prayers part. So, okay. like, for instance, I, I, I love... Actually... I shouldn't say I, I don't like the rosary. I love the rosary. When I when I get into it, whenever I like, you know, real, when I, when I get into it, and especially regularly, I grow to love it. But I do go for periods of time where I like just feel like I can't get into it because it's it's long, mm -hmm. right? It seems long. And I know you're supposed to, you know, meditate as you pray, and it's not about the words; it's about the meditation and about praying in the background, right? Contemplating what you're what you're praying, but. Um, I just like it because it's sort of like a rebuke to Catholics who think that because of their long prayers, they'll be heard by God. That's right. another, I think, a different verse, but it's similar, right? Yeah, yeah. Who, who think that because of their long prayers, they'll be heard by God. Yep. So anyway, I like that part. Um, do, do, you want to, do you want to share one? I've, I've got something else for that in the bottom part, but you can go. Well, I actually picked long robes. Oh. Because I like wearing long robes. Oh, okay. Part of being a deacon, yeah, I which I dress, am, if you don't know it, Holy Family. Get to dress like a girl. I'm or like I'm an kidding. ancient Roman official. Of great pomp and ceremony. I'm just thinking of a, a retreat we were at with uh, Father Erring. Yeah. And uh, we were playing dodgeball. Right. And someone, he was wearing his cassock. Someone, he was wearing a cassock and someone shouted, aim for the guy with the dress. <laughs> okay. You know what? We are now entering into God's word. I know I'm that sorry. we're funny. I'm sorry. Apparently, what does St. Thomas say? Oh, the holier we get, the more humorous we get, according yeah. to our Dominican pastor, Father Emmanuel. He who grows in holiness also grows in humor. Right. Okay, fine, you've got a point. But why was I saying this? Because <laughs> I, I think, and this, this may sound <laughs> stupid, which is why I'm sharing it, but I actually think what you said before is, is true. It is, it, it, 
I like impressing people, and I I think of、mm-hmm. that as a poverty in myself. But I think your motivation, my motivation for wearing literally long robes, I I like to wear beautiful vestments because I think they add to like the ceremony of the 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 church, and I think that's really meaningful to people, including me. But but I do get to be, if not the center of attention, then close to the center of attention, and that's kind of sad in a way, for the sake of appearance to impress people, you know. So I would say, as in those days, the temple and its ceremonies, and the robes and the vestments of the the scribes and the Pharisees and the priests, all had a meaning and a purpose. In fact, were God given. That's true as well today. Not literally all the details of what we do in our in our worship as Catholics. It is God given. But I would say the challenge to me is, why am I actually turn turns out to be so poor? As the need to impress people,、hmm. and that's what I feel. Sometimes people would say, "Convicted." I'm convicted by this because I see myself like those scribes and Pharisees,、um, and I, I'm not an especially rich person, so I don't stand out that way. But you know, having an official position in the church is a way of standing out. But it's actually, and I'm glad. I, I, I'm very grateful, and I think it's good to have people in official positions, including me, as a deacon, priests, bishops, etc., other people in ministry. Um, but you you probably share a bit of that, right? Like it's like you get attention because I I I wasn't here for the All Souls. There was a special mass for the dead called All Souls on Tuesday evening, and people were complimenting you on Father Emmanuel was com- complimenting you on your ministry. And I know you've told me before you, you don't you actually don't like attention, though. You, well, no, I agree with what you said. It's a、um, we're always at battle with our pride. Yeah, it's not like you can just shut it off. I don't think. Sure, it's always a struggle. Obviously, I if I say I don't like the attention or or the compliments, I may be being sincere, but I'm also enjoying it at the same time. Yeah, or I'm trying not to enjoy it as much as I do. Yeah, right. Or like you know, when I'll say, "Oh, well, you know, glory to I give the glory to God," you know,、mm-hmm. like those are nice things to say, but we do still enjoy the esteem of others. Yeah, you know. Otherwise,、um, I, I think every human does. You know. If I may be more specific, you said pride, and I think that's part of it. But I would, I'll even say vanity, which is like、mm-hmm. trying to impress people by your appearance, which is what they folk, what Jesus is focusing well, on. I don't、here. have a problem with that. I do because I love <laughs> vestments. <laughs> You're literally the person that Jesus warned everyone about. In the- yeah, that's that's right. I, I think that every time I, I honestly, I really think that. And the sad part is, I can see it as a poverty within myself. Oh, like how pathetic! You're being sincere, and I'm making fun of you. But well, fine. Whatever, that's okay. It is okay. Probably helps. You know what helps? Seriously, what you just did is, I would say, as a member of the community here, what really helps me is people who respect my position and and me as a person, but who are who trust me enough and are generous enough to hold me accountable. Hold you accountable. I knew we were going to get to that because because you're always probably, saying that. I know. I love accountability. Probably because my temperament or something, God given gifts.、Mm-hmm. But I love the fact that people here, and you're one of them. But there, there are so many. Like will come up to me and say, you know, this or that could have been done. You could have said said that a little differently. You were a little harsh there. You were a little vague there. You talked too long, whatever. Yeah. Even people who like come up before I go up to go up at the front for mass and looks like adjust. Like people just come up and sometimes adjust what I'm wearing because I can't see it. It's like okay, you got to fix that. Actually, it's a bit takes a bit of humility. It's good. So it is good. It's good for you. A community is good for whatever rough edges we have. The Christian community, in particular, I think, 
like the Holy Spirit allows us to be bold in a good way with each other in like smoothing each other's rough edges. And that's what I think Jesus is Jesus is literally showing the disciples. Look at the generosity of these people. It's real generosity. Then look at the generosity of this poor poor woman. That's true generosity. Like not that the generosity of the rich is fake. It's real. But it's like the real generosity she's looking for is in that woman who put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Anything yeah. else you wanted? To, that that takes us to the second part of the passage. Yeah, I like. Um, yeah, it does. The oh, the, the second part of the passage about the the money and the treasury. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had I had an image, image come to mind, and uh, as you, you when you were doing the background, you said something about you tied prepare the way in here. Yeah, yeah. And I think of when I say think of prepare the way, I think of like a road. Probably a lot of you do. Mm-hmm. Like a path. I think it's in our picture. Yeah. Um, let's see if I can find it. Yeah. See, there's like a path there. Um, so, and the, I guess I was thinking about things that end up as roadblocks or like they fall in the path, like trees, mm-hmm. like we just had a big snowfall and some of the trees weren't ready and they throw branches down right. in our place, blocking the road. Mm-hmm. Right? Sometimes a whole tree will fall across the land. Yeah. We'll have yeah. to cut it up um, in order to get by. And I was thinking about, um, the things mentioned in this passage, money, which is a gift from God, as you said, and sometimes some people have it in large measure. Some people have it in small measure. Mm-hmm. But it's it belongs to God, and and He desires us to give it back, right? Mm-hmm. And and also, um, the the first part of the passage isn't unlike that, right? The the gifts, the the stature of, of whatever position in life you are, where you're receiving, you know, the the esteem of others, or the, you know, these these are gifts, right? That can get in the way, that can keep us from preparing the way, right? And we have to remove them, almost. They're almost like barriers to uh to getting to where we're going i don't know if that makes sense or not um but I, and this this made me think of the second part made me think of what what um we were talking about last week i know we didn't do a thursday night appetizer but i gave the talk so i was kind of soaking in this on, on the way. friday night uh, on the friday night you can go back and watch it on our yeah on our website and that but um the second part here where where we're talking about the the penny and about giving it to the treasury right I just kept thinking about what I was what I was talking about at the beginning of my talk um, about what motivates God. Like, what's God's motive? Right? right. He does. God does not need your money. Sure. Right. He made the money. Phys- like physically made the money out of nothing in, mm-hmm. in the course of creation. The 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 materials, the molecules that the money's made of, he made at an atomic level. So he doesn't need your money. Um, he also doesn't need your really your obedience. He doesn't really need your humility. None of this changes God. Right. Right. I th- am I theologically correct in assuming yeah, that yeah, none yeah. of it changes God. Right. Right. And he doesn't need it in order to function. Right. He is complete in himself. He doesn't need. Yep. Not if not affected. However, what's his motive? What is his desire? Is actually for our good. Right. Our mm-hmm. that we would be whole, and that we would have goodness and love in our life. He desires to see us happy, right? Mm-hmm. Beatitude. He, he desires our beatitude. He desires to share his joy and his life with us. So all of this, the 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 fact that we're giving to the treasury isn't for him, it's for you, right? When you give back to yeah. the to the degree that you are generous with what you give back, like the poor widow, as opposed sure. to the others, is the degree that you are actually giving him what he wants, which is actually your joy. Your yeah. freedom, you attaining the kingdom of God on earth. Yeah. That's what he wants. 
So I'm thinking of an example, which is true of everybody. Everybody, you're, you're, you're influential to at least some people on this earth, mm -hmm. whoever you are, even if you're a kid or really old or shut in at home, you're influencing some people. That influence is really a gift as well, right? So the question is, if I'm influential as I am in my own way in my life, my work, my family here at the church, who am I directing my influence towards? Like, I mean, for what, who benefits from my influence? Is it me? Is it someone else? Or is it God? And uh, that's a complicated question. Going back to last, last week, the, the, the passage we looked at, which we referred to earlier, actually is about what's the greatest commandment to love God love, and love others. It doesn't mean you don't love yourself. That's really important too. But who gets the glory from my influence? Like just to pick one thing that we probably most, mo almost everybody has some influence, direct or indirect. Like, mm -hmm. is my influence as a deacon, as a husband, a father, a community member, I'm on my library board, as you probably know, Sam. Like, really, all these things do matter. They're all, all the little and big things of life through which I can exercise influence. And I'm thinking the most important thing would be, do I offer my influence or exercise it even with love, right? Going back to last week, like this poor widow, my influence is actually pretty small in the scheme of the world, really, much as I like to think otherwise pretty small but if it's offered with love that is that's a sign of the kingdom that's what the kingdom looks like absolutely yep that i mean i, I just immediately think of some of the saints mm -hmm. right like who had like minuscule contributions mm -hmm. to like the earthly world sure like I, I'm, I'm thinking of saint therese the little flower in particular yeah i don't know why i just i i think i like her because she's a doctor of the church yeah um, she's one of the most well-known saints. If you're Catholic, you probably if you're heard Catholic. of her. If you're not Catholic, look her up. She's actually really interesting. Although, didn't she die at 24? Oh yeah, she was pretty young. She was, she was young. She died of TB, I think, at 24. Yeah. So she lived a, a relatively short life. Mm -hmm. And in terms of like earthly accomplishments. Nothing. Nothing. Almost nothing. Yeah. Like if, if that's, folks, people listening, if it was about earthly accomplishment, she would have been forgotten the instant she died. Mm -hmm. She would have been insignificant. And yet she is one of the shining stars in, right. the, in the faith. And she's in heaven. She's praying for us. She's a doctor of the church that, you know, millions and millions of Catholics around the world have, have learned from her, have been inspired by her, have, have, been, have had their lives touched by her. I mean, her, her impact is inestimable now, but on earth it was very small. What a beautiful lesson. Like the, like what you were saying, Deacon Charles, that the poor widow's offering made no difference, mm -hmm. right? I didn't say that, but that's a really and good like, point. It was like a drop in the ocean compared to like all these huge, yeah. you know, like, the, like we both work in the church and stuff and we know like someone who donates a large sum can make a big difference. Of course they can. To the, the building or to the, you well, know. Even just how we serve people. Even just how we serve people. Sure. And yet, and yet in the economy of the kingdom of the kingdom of heaven, right? Mm -hmm. That doesn't matter, right? I wouldn't say it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter in the way that it does to us. I would say that. It doesn't matter. I don't want to discount the, the generosity. It doesn't matter people. in the kingdom in the way it does here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's a totally different kind of merit, totally yeah. different different economy altogether. Right? It's like, sure. almost like almost like a currency. It's almost like a different currency. I like it. I like what you're saying. It makes a lot of sense to me because one of the things to recognize and this is important is the kingdom um, is 
Oh, you could. It's not a revolt. I'm actually quoting the that TV show, The Chosen. We're not revolting against anything or anyone, but it is a revolution. Pope Benedict referred to it as a revolution of love, which does turn everything upside down. All the values of the world are reversed. Like so, part of the thing that's going on is this woman, this poor widow, is living in a world where she's incredibly vulnerable and poor, and something is wrong with the world where a poor widow has almost nothing to live on, and every day he's got to like start again and say, "How am I going to get food today? How am I going to?" have enough water today, everything, mm -hmm. all the basic things that most of us here would take for granted. Not everyone I know, you probably know people, I know people who don't take these things for granted, Can't they can't, but but like she was such a vulnerable person and I think Jesus is drawing his friend's attention and our attention to this woman to say, look, this is what it's gonna be like for you if you enter my kingdom. We're, we're gonna be like that, this is who we are. Like I think of Jesus on the cross. What does he have to give on the cross? Nothing. At that point, he's not doing any miracles for anyone. And yet that's the moment in which he, he brings salvation to the world, opens the gates of heaven, and that's when his kingdom is really like, that's his, that's his throne. That's where he gets to be like king. That's the king of the kingdom there on the cross. I found a passage. I, I looked it up before. I uh, hope I can find it again. I love this passage. I might, I might even quote it tomorrow evening because I'm going to be at the, at the service and I'm going to be the MC. I got to say a few things. This is a description Paul wrote of the first Christians. This is like literally who they were. Now remember, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Now remember what you were, my friends, when God called you. From the human point of view, very few of you were wise or powerful or of high social standing. God purposely chose what the world considers nonsense. I've read the word nothing in another translation. Nonsense in order to shame the wise. And he chose what the world considers weak in order to shame the powerful he chose what the world looks down on and despises and thinks is nothing in order to destroy what the world thinks is important. Those are pretty strong language, right? This means that no one can boast in God's presence, but God has brought you into union with Christ and God has made Christ to be our wisdom. Like think of the wisdom of Christ who sees things so differently than we ordinarily do. Anyway, I'll just stop there, but it's like, this is, this is actually, He's pointing this woman out because that is who they are called to be. The first Christians were like that and we're all called to be like that. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean our natural gifts don't matter. They do matter. But only if they're like offered with a total open heart of this woman is like, I don't even know if I'll have enough to eat today, but I really want to give glory to God with whatever he's given me. And yeah, this is, I, I think, just a, like a, such a perfect tie-in with the theme and with Unified tomorrow night as we were working with Jacqueline, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Jacqueline who's going to be speaking tomorrow night and sharing her testimony. Or she's going to be the talk. Yeah, yeah. the talk. Yeah. Um, and I think the theme revolves around, like, like those, though you're small, you're, you're not insignificant. Mm -hmm. Right? God has a plan for you. He wants to give you, get the gifts that you need to accomplish your mission through the Holy Spirit. Um, we've got a group from Alpha coming to hopefully receive those gifts. Like, I just see all this, like, kind of culminating here. Um, like there's probably people watching who feel like insignificant, like, you know, like you've got nothing to offer. Um, and just as you were reading that, I was just thinking about like my own life. Like, like I was, I was 18 when I started this and I, I've, I got no university education and, and I often just feel like, what, what am I doing here? Like, why did you, who am I? why did you pick me? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like, um, yeah, like, and it, 
and even like musically and stuff because tons of better musicians lots of better speakers lots of people that know a lot more than me i don't know but i just i keep going back to god and saying like use me and like take whatever i'm lacking okay and give and fill in the rest with your holy spirit right because we can't do it on our own of course I, I, like the poor widow our offering is nothing unless god makes it into something i like a, another saint Teresa. saint Teresa, who says like of avila yeah saint Teresa of avila yeah. yeah so she's going back a few Teresa hundred years of calcutta is the same thing yeah there's a quote from saint Teresa that i like yeah. it's like saint Teresa on her own can do almost nothing saint Teresa and a penny think of the widow's mite can mm -hmm. do almost nothing saint Teresa and a penny and god can do almost anything mm -hmm. i love that quote and the thing i was going to say is in a way we're used we allow we allow god to use us but it's not like god uses us because god doesn't just use us we're not just like something that god picks up and no, then it's drops. like what i said he doesn't need us you, okay you want god to use you we're not a, we're not a tool okay so he uses us for our benefit and the benefit of others right what i'm going to say is when we allow the holy spirit into our lives into our hearts mm -hmm. great things happen and i think this is really important we experience as a gift as a fruit we experience a fruit of like love joy peace to galatians Patience, chapter 5. kindness Faith. goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control there you go you got all nine i don't think i know all nine off like that but anyway that is we just did it last night oh, okay in the in alpha great yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So the, the fruit, what's called the fruit of the Spirit, just means something really simple. It's like when the Holy Spirit is actually filling your heart, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you who are almost nothing or me who am almost nothing, despite all the robes and whatever gifts I do have, despite all that, mm -hmm. can be filled with this incredible love, joy, peace, and all those other fruit of the Spirit, not just for us, but like we get to enjoy that and people around us I've been around people who are full of like who have got the fruit of the spirit it's amazing to be around people like that mm -hmm. and it has nothing to do with is weird to say but true nothing to do with their external circumstances you could be a very wealthy influential powerful person and be full of the Holy Spirit and then the way you influence your power your wealth is used by you you're responsible for them is transformed like I, I, I'm, I I'm a bit of an intellectual in a way I love to read I love to write mm -hmm. think about stuff so what, right? Like I know lots, lots of smart people. I'm kind of smart, but none of that really matters unless it's for God's glory. And you have real gifts as a musician. I'm not saying you're the greatest musician in the world or even in Hanover, but, but you're laughing. But I'm like, no, but the point is... Or even I, in our parish. Maybe even in our parish, sure. But that's not the point. The point is, what can the Holy Spirit do when, when you... Now, I'm not talking about you, Sam. I'm talking about whoever you are watching or listening. And sometimes it's really good to remember... It's often in our brokenness and weakness that suddenly, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit comes into that and, and transforms it. And I was just talking to a um, really difficult situation. I'll, I'll actually want to explain this briefly, if that's okay. Sure. So um, uh, someone I know, I know two people have gone through really difficult times where relationships ended, marriages ended, basically. And it's a really, really difficult situation. So I know that I want to connect the one person who's really struggling with somebody else in the same situation, which I'm not. I, I don't have that. I'm trying to support people, right? But, but I'm not in that experience. The person who's been through what she describes as hell has said, I really want to reach out because if I get to share what I've learned from the hell I've been through over the last couple of years, it will give my suffering meaning and purpose as a Christian, specifically as a Christian. Like it, it'll, it'll do good for my heart 
to be able to, to share and reach out to somebody else. Imagine that even the suffering that someone has experienced as a Christian can be turned by the Holy Spirit into an occasion of, of joy and bear fruit in her life and in the life of someone else she could reach out to. Like that's what God does. It's the most unlikely people and things, including you watching or listening, Sam or me. That's what I love about what, what Jesus is saying here. This is like, hey, you're, you know, we're all a bit like that widow. We've got almost nothing to offer God, but he still cares so much. And he really wants to see us bear fruit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, also, um, it's also part of a plan. Yeah. Right? What do you mean? Well, Explain I, that. I mean, I mean, even the fact that you're watching this right now or listening to it right now is part of his plan. And he's speaking to you through this and he's reaching out to you. Mm -hmm. Right? Like this is, this is all connected. Sure. And um, I just said one last thing that just came to my mind. Just, yeah. You know, as you were saying, like, um, we have to we have to make a step of acknowledging our own weakness, mm -hmm. right? And I was just thinking about the, the poor widow wasn't just offering the money; she was also like it was also an act of humility. Yeah, probably really embarrassing. Yes, like imagine like yeah, yeah. Um, I, there was a picture uh, on the on the background, or I don't know if you saw that. I just put it up here for everybody. Yeah, this is a picture I chose. It's mm -hmm. um, let's see if I can bring it up full screen here. Or something. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. See that? So like probably wearing rags. Mm -hmm. Basically, she looks poor, mm -hmm. you know, not like she came in disguise. Yeah. She came in looking poor with all these rich people coming in. And imagine the scene. Yeah. Like, imagine yourself in, like, a penthouse mm -hmm. party with, like, a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of really famous rich people, and you're just, like, in rags, mm -hmm. you know? Um, maybe comparable to that. I don't know. But, like, it was an act of humility for her yeah. to be there. She... It was public. That's, she that's knew. Deal, right? It was also public. And she knew that what she was yeah. giving was so small. And it would have been like an, uh, almost an embarrassment mm -hmm. in comparison to the other things. Right? But, but yet that act of like selfless, there's that like recklessness again. Yeah. Like the theme from last week. Yeah. Like a reckless act of love. Yeah. For God that she was, she was there um, made all the difference. That was her, her gift. Mm -hmm. Right? Her gift was real. Her gift brought about the kingdom. And, and also, it points out that whenever Christians get together, which is what we call the church, the living community, animated by the Holy Spirit and God's grace, it's continually challenging us to live the kingdom in a world that does not understand why you wouldn't just try to like make the best of this life, which we should try to do, by the way. But the kingdom just looks so different. And if, if you're not a Christian, you're watching or listening, or you know people are not Christians who pay attention to us Christians, which sometimes they do. It's like, you're looking at us Christians and saying like, do you actually look like Jesus? I often think about that. Like, who, like, we need to look like Jesus and we're not going to unless we are willing to, to be like that widow. And, and sometimes, like you say, like, in, put ourselves in sometimes embarrassing situations where we're inadequate, but not foolish, not, not silly, but seriously, like, Whenever I'm, like we've talked about, I mentioned about some the situation in my life just a few minutes ago. It's like, I often feel inadequate around people of like going through genuinely severe suffering and I've got almost nothing to offer them as a Christian. Yep. But there I go, right? Not, not to be foolish, not to be silly, not to be reckless in a bad way, but reckless in the way that God calls me to be. Mm -hmm. If we're like that, that's, that's when the kingdom is, is visible on earth. 
And people need that. That's the thing too. I say to myself and to other Christians who might be watching or listening, we need to be like that so that people can have hope that the world as it is, is not the last word. God gets the last word. And they need to see that. Amen. That's why we need, that's why we need the, the hope of the kingdom of God. That, yeah. Uh, that there's more. This isn't yeah. it. Right? Yeah. We're gonna, it's going to come to fulfillment eventually. Speaking of our... Fulfillment. Perhaps we, can, we could... We should fulfill this. Yeah. Let's close in prayer, if that's okay. Sure. Thank you, Father in heaven, for the incredible sacrificial gift of your son Jesus to us. You will never be outdone in generosity. Inspire us through your Holy Spirit to be like that um, lady on that day who gave all she had in great generosity and love for you and for your people. Help us to remember that in your eyes, none of us is insignificant and our gifts as, as feeble as they may be are what you ask us to share what you bless us with and bless us for and bless others with as well. So may your kingdom come, your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today for Thursday Night Appetizer. We are glad to be back. We hope to be back with you again next week. Barring any dramatic, unforeseen circumstances, we will be. So thanks for joining us tonight. Please share the share what you enjoyed tonight. If you enjoyed this, um, you know, send someone else a link. Tell them about it. And uh, by all means, don't forget about Unify. Every Friday from now until December 3rd, 7 p.m., doors open at 6.30, coming up a coffee and a snack, and join us for Unify. It is great. Bring a friend, bring anybody you want. Come alone, it doesn't matter. Um, find out what God has in store for you. You are not insignificant. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. God bless you.